Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, this is Stuart Roberts, founder of Haircuts for Homeless, and welcome to the Hear Me, See Me podcast. I'm going to be talking to people who are truly inspirational to me, some you may have heard of, and some you haven't, but you really need to hear their story. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast. Uh, today I've got a great guest with me. Um, I was only with him on Monday, at, um, a, a wonderful new launch of a project, but we'll talk about that, that later on. But today I'm talking to uh, Connor O'Brien of Flint. How are you, sir? <laughs> Uh, very well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Uh, let's go straight in it. Like um, for people who don't know you, a lot of people uh-huh. do know you, you know. But um, what what's uh, you know where did you grow up and uh, what was your background and and what led you into hairdressing? Well, I'm originally from Norwich. I I moved here when I was like eight years old. And I, I kind of, hairdressing wasn't even on my horizon, if I was to be totally honest with you. I wanted to be like a, a chef, like my, my granddad was a, a baker. And I thought oh, perhaps being chefing would be, be a good thing. I, I had a few jobs that I soon realised, in fact, that's the most antisocial job you could possibly think of. And I thought, right, well, I, I don't want to do that. And then, um, I, I and, and this is the truth, what happens, I was, I was at school in Norwich, I think it was sixth form maybe. And this guy came back from me, uh, from like, from his lunchtime, said, I've just got a job in hairdressing. Like, really? Well, I, I thought that sounds good. I thought I thought to myself, right, if he can do it, then I can do it. And I've already been, I've always been interested in like uh, fashion and music. And especially when it comes to like bands, like, you know, like The Clash and stuff, you know, they've all got good hair. And I thought, well, that'd be a really good thing to get into, you know, like hair, music, fashion, all works together. So I, I went down to, the city. I'm not sure if it was like this, but I, I got myself a hairdressing job uh, in this hairdresser's called Matinga in Topshop. I, I soon realised that wasn't that wasn't the place for me, and I then realised that you have to find. I was given some advice that you have to find the right salon for the right individual. So eventually, I was lucky enough, and there's this uh, new hairdressers opened up called Transformer, and it was more, I suppose, as hairdressers go. It was um, quite a modern-looking hairdressers. It was there's something interesting about it. It was opened up by these two two guys. One from a local successful hairdressers, and, and another guy that had his own business in the area. And they called it Transformer. And it was after the Lou Reed track or Lou Reed album. Right. And they opened up a small, like very, like a really small little uh, two or three seater place in Norwich. Uh, we worked there. And it was great. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I found I found the right place for me. I was, um, and, and they kind of moved and it got a bit bigger and <clears throat> I was getting a bit more confident. I was going up and down to London a lot to see bands and stuff and I was spending quite a lot of time there. I thought, actually, I think now's the time to leave. And I'd only, I'd only, I'd only been doing two and a half years in hairdressing at the time. Right. And they, they wanted me to stay, obviously, because, you know, when you have an, you've worked for an assistant, you know, in my, your mind, you, you want them to work on the floor and to stay oh, with you. Yeah. And I, I, got, I got my first job in, in, the, in the Great Gear Market on the King's Road. I worked there for 
and I uh, maybe a year or so, and then quite after, and then I then I discovered new places, and it was a cool place where I worked. That was good, and then I, I went to start to work at this uh, hairdresser called Demop. Right. Uh, Demop was owned by a guy called John Egan. Um, it was on Upper James Street, and it, again, he was very much into his like interiors and like the way things looked, and they had this like you know, fantastic kind of old 1930s barber chairs in there. <clears throat> and the interior is nothing like I've seen before. And it was just like quite rough and ready, but it was really cool. Yeah. And uh, and some great, great haircutters there as well, really good people. And like, uh, you know, some guys from Sassine, they'd moved on up in, into there where they'd done all the training there. And it, it, was, it was a good time in life, really. And then downstairs in the basement, they had uh, it's where Tom Dixon used to he used to, he used to be part of this group of people called New Side Waste, and they used to make lots of like furniture or used to put big parties on, and and they were in the basement of the salon. Right. So it, it, that was great, and I worked there for a number of years, and used to get like really great people coming in, like you know. I mean, one time we were playing Big Audio Dynamite and uh, Mick Jones from The Clash came in. <laughs> and it's just my like, yeah, it was great. And, like, yeah, we just had lots of interesting people and, like, it was, uh, it was, it was a good time. And I suppose so, so high at the time was going around maybe its second incarnation at the time. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was good. And then after that, I, I, I decided that um, I wanted to... I, I felt it was time for me to leave the salon, and I was thinking, oh, where, where do I go? I don't, I don't know where to go. And I thought, I know, I'm going to go. I'm going to go see if I can get a job in a clothes shop. And so I worked at Paul Smith for about, um, I don't know, maybe a year or so. Really? I did. Yeah, that was really good. And uh, that was great. Built some really good contacts up there, and like saw things differently. You know, and, you know, I really like Paul Smith and the way he operates and yeah. his his vision, and you know how he has lots of interests and lots of other things. And then I, um, and then quickly, I, I, I worked there for a bit and and for a couple of years. And then I went on to, I worked at this little hairdresser's on Compton Street called Jack's. And it was like a cool little, cool little barbershop. And I won't ramble on. But then basically after that, I went to work at a salon called The Fourth Floor. And The Fourth Floor was run by this fantastic guy called Richard Setley. And Richard was... Um, he, he was a partnership with a, a guy called Peter Smith as well. And Peter was, you know, he, he does lots of session uh, session work and he did lots of music for the Paul Smith fashion shows. So there's lots of little things going on there. So they brought Richard, Richard was uh, at Sassoon's, so he brought them along so they could do women's hair. That just, but, and then Richard renamed the fourth floor. So that's when I, I kind of I went and worked for him. Yeah. And it, yeah. That he changed he changed me as a hairdresser, no shadow of a doubt. You know, his his technique, he's such a talented haircutter. So I was in really I, I really admire the guy. And I still do to this day. He's, he's a he's a great businessman, you know, he's you know, he's very creative, you know, he's a really caring bloke, he really looks after his staff. And uh, and it was in this amazing place. And if anyone perhaps people might have seen it, it's just definitely worth going to look at. It's on the um, uh, Northington Street, just off the Grayson Road. We've got a third or fourth floor of an old factory building. It used to be like a um, – they used to make field projectors there. Wow. 
Right. So you wouldn't even know it's there. So it was kind of the first one of those studio hairdressers. Yeah. And, but yeah, but he, he taught me a lot. And then I, I was there all in all for like 21, year, uh, 21 years. 21 years. Yeah. And then on the 19th year, those 21 years, I moved back to Norwich. Yeah. And uh, I opened, opened, I opened uh, Flint with my wife. And we, we opened up in a very small salon, uh, like three seats, and then a slight bigger one. And to where we are now, we're in like sort of central Norwich on Upper Goat Lane. And it's sort of like down these back streets, and we've got we've got like a three four building, three yeah. four building. So it has overtones to very much to when the fourth floor. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very really happy here. We've got like a great team. We've got a mixture of like mostly employed staff. Yeah. Uh, we have like uh, three uh, three apprentices, um, one trainee who's finished her apprenticeship. Um, so yeah, we really, we really kind of believe in you know training our young staff to come through, and, yeah. I, and I especially, it's a different subject, but there's a lot of subjects talking about employed, self-employed, yeah. and, that, and I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be hard. It's, it's only gonna get harder for the employed, employed, the whole employed thing. Yeah, uh, but it's just gonna get trickier. Like you know, where where are these young people gonna train? But that is a different subject. So yeah, we're here now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that subject. I mean, I find it interesting because, um, and I, you know, I don't upset anyone, like, but uh, sometimes you have to sort of say what you think. And uh, but I think that is the the consequence of the trend is that exactly where are where are the, where are the young people going to train and where are, are they going to aspire to work? Yeah, I did a I did a um, I did something at a college, a talk at a college. And I just get, I get into know your session at the beginning, and I just said, sort of hands up, who's going to do this, who's going to do that? And I said, who's going to work in a salon? And there was just a couple. And I said, who's going to who's going to um, go straight to being a freelance hairdresser? And they, they sort of nearly all put their hand up. Yeah. So I'm not. I, that's just what I saw, you know. So, and I do, I do wonder, you know, um, as you say, what. Where are they going to train? What, or what is the end of it? Um, and there's so many sort of um, almost like hairdressers becoming landlords, you know, like where um, it's just a sort of like they're renting out chairs and there's, you know, how do you keep that team going? Because I had a salon for 30 years and right up to the end, we employed everyone. Um, yeah. Only, be, you know, I would say, I'm not saying I wouldn't have done it. Because the mark, you know, the whole world has changed and the market's changed, and people do, right. what people do to survive. Um, but yeah, it is, it's a question, isn't it? Like, it's 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 like obviously a lot of this comes down to like financial. There's yeah. a financial emphasis there, isn't there? Like where it, it is true if you're self-employed, you know, you can you can earn money, you know quicker if you like you know also after the first year it might be different subjects or you keep your earnings below uh fat being fat registered so that's obviously i i can you know i'd be alive to say that i can't see the temptation of being self-employed or text purpose i'm self-employed it's just that we me and myself rothio who runs i run the business with uh we we made a decision that we wanted to employ people but uh, you know it is it, it is getting harder and um mm. yeah. I, I think and i think um I'm, 
I can't quite, you know, but I know there's a lot of social media about it. And I know someone was just saying it's kind of maybe the industry has got a little bit selfish. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm out terms saying that. But I just think it's like people make their own decisions, and I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. everyone does their own thing for that. If that's what they want to do, they should be able to do that. Yeah. But I think also there's the way I think about it is that, like, I've always thought about is, um, you know, how was I trained? I was trained by, like, my, you know, my peers who used to, yeah. you know, who, who trained me up. And then I've had I've had good opportunities to be on training courses and stuff. And and I think that that's the thing, isn't it? So, but hopefully, I, I know I know some, I'd be interested to see what people do because I know there are lots of self-employed salons and they do employ maybe one or two uh, apprentices. But also those apprentices need to be uh, trained, don't they? So then you need to come up with some sort of like system where, you know, those they, people don't people don't lose our money and no. we we do, we do pay our staff obviously when they they teach and yeah yeah, oh, yeah. The, those days the days have changed, don't they? I mean, even yeah, it's that thing of we, we was just it was you was you was ostracised if you didn't go to training evening. Yeah. And no one got paid, you know. It's one of those things. But yeah. I'm going back. I'm a dinosaur, so I'm going back a long, long time. No, I mean, but I, it's something that you know. It's something that you know we've done. I mean, in in a whole sense of like helping to get it. That's kind of a, a recent thing. But I'm no, you know, like we've got we have we we have three self-employed people here, and I and you know I wouldn't and I totally get why they they're self-employed. Yeah, totally yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Um, it's 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 going to be an interesting few years, isn't it? Because um, hairdressing itself has changed so much since the pandemic. And yeah. uh, uh, I used to do a lot of work with Alan Austin Smith at the Fantastic Hairdresser. And I remember him saying a long, long time ago, well before all of this happened, and, you know, that, that the future would lay in, in top end and um, bargain basement. Yeah. That's right. Uh, people that would struggle would be the people That's in, right. in the middle ground, which I really think we're seeing to a fruition now. Is yeah, that right. you know, it's either bums on seats, lots and lots of clients, if possible, or you know, and barbers. I think that's the power of barbering that's really you know escalated, um, or the top end high service, yeah, value salon. But I think the ones in the middle are really going to struggle over the next few years. I think. I think you're dead right. I was talking to my wife about this in that second where she said as well, she'd been on a, on a on a sort of business course, and that's exactly what they're saying. It's about like you know the two ends and providing you know providing that experience, isn't it, on the higher end, and then the lower end is more yeah. it just be more practical. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, yeah, I, I kind of but I think the pandemic obviously has changed so much, isn't it? It's like yeah. you know it's. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable, really. I know. It's, like, it's funny that we've just so quickly forgotten, you know, like, and, you know, and I look back and I just I keep seeing these pictures of me all masked up and, yeah. you know, like, and that first venturing out into the home, you know, especially with what I was doing in the, in the homeless stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, it was just, you think, it's, it's, it, it, we, how quickly we forget, you know, and it was yeah. flipping scary, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, that's what I think we forget. At yeah. the first few months, it was so scary of really what on earth is, you know, it's like living in a horror film, you know, like for a few months there. But it's so good to see so many businesses thriving and moving forward because that's the important thing, you know, like yeah. it's such a special industry. Um, 
And and I think that's the thing with with uh, when did you so we, was it Colour World when we first met when I'd done that talk to yeah, about four people? It was, it was, the, it was the first, yeah. It was the first, it was the first Colour World that we went to, and like uh, we came to um, he talk, and I was really sort of taken by back by what you were saying, and because you know I, I think as uh, you know I think everyone can like relate to you know seeing so much homelessness around and. And um, not um, almost kind of being helpless and don't know what to do. And like, obviously, that's why that's how you started at Cuts for Homeless because you wanted to kind of give back. Yeah. And I just thought it was such a, a very just a genius idea. I just thought, well, that's perfect, isn't it? It's like such a great thing. And like, and and to make it kind of more because I think you know not not to be so judgmental as well about like situations and you know, <clears throat> like on on Monday when you came up, I was excuse me. What I'm noticing is like, like the first one that I did, you came up for, and that that was street homeless, and just seeing lots of different types of homelessness, and like obviously mental health, and yeah. and like the different types of people that come to these services. It's like it isn't one particular person. I know you always hear hear that, but it's always kind of a real serious eye opener when you actually see that for yourself. I mean, the first one we did that, that I came up for, yeah. Um, unfortunately it didn't run did it because it, it there's a few challenges you know but it was a great place I loved what they were doing there but it was very frontline stuff yeah it was big time yeah. you know and it, but um and that's the thing you you see people in a raw state um street homeless or and then you start to realize that there's so many more problems and people realize yeah. just about alcohol drugs there's so many mental health issues with people and they're, yeah. they're, it's it's I think in the eighties, in those days, making it care in the community, they was putting people out in the community, but they, they dropped the yeah. care off, so just chuck them in the community and let them get on with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I, it's quite, it's quite shocking. So, yeah, so when I saw you do that, I thought, well, that's brilliant. You know, great. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, like, you was, you was great. Like, this is a lesson to team leaders out there because there's only this, this big charity of ours is really tiny, and there's only me and my sister run it. And sometimes we get people contact us and they say, you know, we want to get involved and that. If they don't hear within three hours, they, they're chasing us saying, no, we haven't heard nothing yeah. yet. You know, we're a tiny, tiny charity, like trying to do big things. And But we love persistence. And you was one of those persistent ones who kept at us. And, you know, like, and, and I knew you'd end up doing it, you know, because you, you, was, you were passionate about it as well. I think <clears throat> the one thing... That I yeah I was never gonna I was never gonna give up you know I'm quite determined about it. if you want to do something you must do it yeah and uh, I think uh, the one thing that I was really shocked by actually was uh, you know the first one we set up in Norwich you know it was reasonably straightforward because I, I knew Scott who was like you know the kind of director of like uh, the feed and they, the feed they supplied the food uh, to the centre where we were doing the work yeah. doing the haircuts so that's that. That that was, uh, but then after that, obviously, when it was like it, it didn't work out for uh, various reasons, more for staffing, because um, obviously we have to have someone there when we're doing doing the haircuts for the whole boundaries, safe for everyone. And so, yeah. But then after that, it was like a really drawn out procedure of like trying to contact people, waiting for people to get in contact back with me, and like, and it, it's and then almost finding a place and then dealing with other other situations there. But hopefully now. Hopefully now, because um, we've got like a place, and just have to work with them really and see yeah. what they can provide. 
lovely place. I mean, I, I as I've said, I, I travel all over the UK and see all different types of places. Uh, and, uh, you know, so I'm not sort of easily impressed anymore. But I was really, really impressed on Monday with uh, Under One Roof, I said it's called. Under One Roof, yeah. Yeah, and I, I loved it. It's that you, you get an energy when you're walking somewhere a lot of the time. And it had a lovely sort of feel-good, happy energy. A lot okay. of the team who worked there, they was, you know, right up and bubbly. A lovely lady was putting a jacket potatoes. She come and made us welcome when we got in, you know. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, she's, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, but there was quite a, um, it was a great session, by the way, so nice and busy as well. Uh, uh, listen to other presenters, they didn't leave us on their own, they, we, they had people with us, and it was, you know, they'd, they'd watched the video that we said that we do need certain things, yeah. you know, like someone with us and the right type of room and a cup of tea and biscuits. We even got that as well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they were really good, they were really good about that, weren't they? Yeah, that was great, but, but. It, it was what a cross section of this we had, you know. Yeah, exactly. That that's that's what um for me that that was the you no. Know, I spoke to the lady you just talk, talking about, and she said, "Yeah, we get a cross section." And I, and I was really, I was really taken back the cross section. Like the guy you cut, wasn't he? Yeah. What, what's, he was a genetic engineer, at, and he went at Cambridge. Um, and he was the same. He was a year older than me, so we sort of got chatting about things. Very very intelligent man, you know. And um, yeah, he, he he just blew me away. And we were talking about. I said, "What was it like then?" Because when he was a genetic engineer, and he said, "Like we was, we was looking at sort of microbes and different things now. And now they're actually this." He was pre the uh, DNA links and things, so he was they was just doing that on a really basic level. So what he must see them doing now, yeah, incredible. Now you don't expect a, people's general outlook. People who know nothing about homelessness and that we learn as we go along is that they, you know, incredible people in bad circumstances. Yeah, I totally agree. And and there was there there there, there was another lad, uh, another man that uh, I don't I'm not sure. He was quite like really eloquent. Yeah. Very and he's a, he was a math teacher and so uh, a maths and physics teacher. He was and yeah. He, yeah. Very serious, he was very serious yeah. about things, wasn't he? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and business as well. I think. Yeah, he was like, I was thinking, wow. Well, and then he, um, and I think he goes almost. He, he, he was really pleased to tell me that he, he wasn't really needing the services there. And I think he did. I think he enjoyed. I think he got a lot from going there still. But yeah. he was. He now runs mass lessons there and yeah. helps with like the, the budgets and things like that. Yeah. There's another lad that was who is now not needing a set, but he's service, but he's still staying there and he, he helps their events and he does all that stage stage events and yeah, I remember him, yeah. yeah. It, it was great. Yeah. Was really yeah. I mean it was um it, we often find out and I think it's so lovely when we go for these sessions and we find someone who's um on the on the other end of it where they've they've been in a really uh, needed to be a service user and they've come through the whole program but they're still linked to it even if they've moved on they're still linked to it and coming back and helping yeah i think they want to give something back don't they yeah which but and there's this one one guy i don't know if you noticed him he was there there was a, just just describe he was like you know he was he's a really interesting fellow and like probably similar age to me but a bit probably a bit older actually and it, like he was like he, he said oh, what do you do he said yeah i've been all punk and I was going, really? He said, yeah, Norwich as well. And I was thinking, oh, right, okay. And um, 
and he said, oh, yeah, I remember hanging out with the Sex Pistols in the car park. I went, really? Okay. And then, but then he said to me, and then I was, I kind of got a bit excited about it. And he, then he got, he said, no, no, I have to calm down. I have to calm down. And he's sort of like putting his arms up. He's got this technique of calming himself down. And he, he had a carer next to him who's helping him. Oh, yeah, I know the guy, yeah. But even he said, like, and that was wonderful. It was like, he just said, well, I've, I've never had anyone touch my head and have that personal, that personal kind of like human touch. Yeah. And he, and he said that in the state he was in, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he had very complex knees. And he, it, yeah, he was, was sort of quite agitated at points, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. And that, so, but from the surface, he would be the kind of person who would scare people off and wouldn't want to Definitely. approach him, you know, but he had a care or a, a, someone helping him when he sort yeah. of coming down. Yeah. And, you, and I, I, I did chuckle because you, you always get them, didn't you? You're like a magnet for the, the complex needs. Yeah. <laughs> it's all kind of, <laughs> if we've got a real strong complex needs person, they're going to go straight for Connor. <laughs> yeah, that does happen. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I, I personally, you know, like, you know, you know, I, I, I suppose what happens is, you know, you like, so for instance, okay, so, you know, I, I shared on social media and, um, and I, I sometimes do that. I, I do that for the bigger picture because obviously it's good for people seeing what we do, but also it's good for the charity, but then also it's kind of, but, but also I felt like, um, yeah, it felt I, it was quite overwhelming about that because it, it that almost wasn't doing it for yeah, it's, it's a hard way to describe what I mean, but it's um, don't know. It's it's a funny one mixing the two together, isn't it? Do you think or what of sharing, sharing? Yeah, yeah. It's it. I get. I mean, I actually do get quite a lot of flack about it sometimes. That yeah. uh, you know, because there's that thing of uh, uh, a really good turn isn't isn't shown off about you know, and it's that, and it's I try to say it, but it's not that. We're not Instagram. We're not selfieing with what we're doing. Uh, we're sharing the impact of what we do. And also we're sharing and giving a voice and a vision to the people who are unseen and unheard. And exactly. we are strictly, I mean, Blinda's great at her job. She's very, very careful about we only take images of people who are willing uh, and able to have their image taken. And yeah. it's it's important to us, but... The thing that, you know, we've had Jack, I mean, Jack Hemp, our book that we've got, uh, the Hear Me, See Me book, Jack Hemp's followed us for two years. And there were times when I said to him, look, you're going to come all this way. I don't think there was a particular time. He came all the way to Peterborough with us and it was street working girls. And I said, I don't think these girls are going to want to, I just, see, I judged. And I said, I don't think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it might be worth your while. And he said, oh, I'll come along, even if I get one. It's great, it's Jack Hemp's. And he came along and he did it. Virtually all of them not only agreed, they thoroughly loved it. They yeah. thoroughly loved being, you know, like the centre of attention. And he got, we got some amazing pictures because they're, they're, they could show their authentic self. Yeah. You know, the real person that they are. And it's, yeah, so... I understand that you, many of our volunteers, team leaders, sometimes think I don't want to put too much on here about it, but unless it's um, unless it's something that's uh, not right, you know, there's so many more things that we have that people don't see, all the women's refuges and things like that, safe houses that we we go and do that we we don't do anything of. Um, it's nice to be able to show people and show people that these these are real people. 
Yeah. Got a real, well, my guy on Monday, uh, uh, the guy with all the tattoos, you know, yeah. what, a, what a lovely man, what a lovely gentleman. Yeah, he's he's everyone knows him in Norwich. He's kind of a bit of a he's a bit of a face around the city. Yeah. Like so, and uh, but like yeah, I've always uh, when I see him walking about, he's got like a real style to him. Yeah. Like normally, you know, apparently he used to hang around with all the punks when we were younger, and uh, I never remember him. But like, but yeah, he um, yeah, he's like you know, he's got a real kind of certain like quite often he'll like you know he walks like that. He often have like this like little sailor's hat on. He's got the gold chain. And he like really kind of thinks about the way he looks, and he yeah he's um an interesting guy, and uh, yeah he's he's really he's a nice fella. I mean yeah really nice. It's so respectful, so grateful. You yeah. know, I, I had a really good chat with him, and yeah, on the surface, someone someone would probably not it would probably cross the street. I would say, yeah. but, yeah. you know, uh, but I had a great time there. You know, he's normally quite drunk as well. And um, he has that kind of, like, I think he might have had some sort of stroke or something where yeah. Yeah. he's left that injury where he limps. But um, I, I remember one time I saw him in the street and um, it was when I had a shop just around the corner and he's, he dropped his beer on on the on the floor and at the time there's still traffic going up and down it. And I was thinking, shit, he's going to like, so I picked his beer up because otherwise it was going to like, some car was going to come down and like, yeah, yeah. I handed the beer back to him and he was like, yeah, it's really sweet, you know. Yeah. I'm an alcoholic. You don't give up your beer lightly. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Tell you know, he was, he was, yeah. wasn't going to give up. Yeah, but, um, let that go. Actually, yeah, yeah. I need to trim my beard because I'm looking more like him at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like your haircut. That's good. Thank you. Yeah, just need to sort the beard out now. <laughs> but um. But yeah, so yeah, but everyone like got really, good, and I think the good thing about doing the the other side of social media, I like and. I heard Belinda being, you know, when she was explaining to a client the other day, customer, guest, and um, yeah. explaining, this, like, really helps this, you know, if, you, if you're okay with it, it really helps the charity and helps us be able to do more. Because uh, especially in here, with the, like, like we do, in, we join the ambassador scheme as well. And, yeah. And, like, quite often people, you know, want to, they want to, Bit to donate, and then if they actually see what's going on and see what you're actually doing, yeah, you know, they're much more likely to do so. Yeah, I mean, we really appreciate that. I mean, um, funny enough, I done a Zoom yesterday to Jane's team in Southampton, and it's something we're doing for ambassadors now. That um, just just because uh, it's uh, people haven't it's not they haven't, they haven't got to have it, they don't want it, but it just it makes a change for a team meeting. Team meetings can be a yeah. big team meeting. You know, get get the old homeless bloke in, and he'll talk about that, or you know, by by Zoom. Um, and it's but it's just to get the whole team involved and behind it, because uh, it, the the thing about the salon thing and getting it out into salons as yours as is is the whole team can get behind it, even the ones that can't come along and volunteer, and they that sows the seed in them young minds that there's more to life than just the surface of things and. Maybe then they can come along and do it at a later stage. We, um, I, I, I did actually speak this about Rothio, and I, I think we're going to uh, we're going to take you up on that off because I think it'd be a really interesting thing to do, so people that can understand, you know, like we do, like you know, we we work with certain companies, we, they'll, they'll come and explain the new products and stuff, and people get quite a lot from it. So I think it that'd be a really good idea. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's open to everyone who's in the ambassador program. Um, yesterday's one was about half an hour, and um, I just told them a bit more about what we do and why we do it, and also they asked me some questions, and it it went really well. So, Brilliant. yeah. So you're going to keep going now, then, my friend. <coughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't. It's funny. Funny enough, some one of my clients said to me, you know, because we we're talking about it all. And uh, she said that, you know, you can still, I said, yeah, absolutely. And still do. You know, it's not like, you know, I think what's worth remembering as well is that it, it's a circular thing. You know, it's not like, it's not just, I can only speak for myself and I'm sure other people feel the same. And I'm sure you do. It's like when you go and do this, it's not like you're doing it to be this like kind of angel martyr, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to change everything. You do it because you get something from yourself. I, and that's really apparent every time, only in the two occasions that I've done it, I've really got something from it. And it's more, you know, more uh, education on that, how people, how different types of people are affected by homelessness or mental health. And, it, and you know, it, that's that's what I've learned this week. So, you know, it's, I, I, I personally know I, I get a lot from it. And, uh, you know, I like, I, you know, I really like talking to people and I like talking to different types of people. And like finding out, finding out about them, and so you know, as you said, that guy walking down the street, you know, I, I don't want to feel nervous about walking past someone who's acting a bit oddly. Now yeah. I can understand a little bit more why they might be like that, and then I can t- I can tell my my clients, I can tell my kids. You know, <clears throat> there's there's a couple like we where we are uh, in Norwich is we're down a little uh, alleyway, a lane, which is hasn't it's more the the back end of shops. There's a couple of businesses down here. So there's a couple who actually are living in the doorway of St. Martin Housing Trust. Right. So St. Martin Housing Trust, the guys that who went on who run under one roof. And they're 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 there. And I, you know, and I feel, well, what can I do? Okay, so I, I buy them a hot chocolate every now and again, and they have like four sugars. I go, four sugars? So one is three, one is four in the hot chocolate. And you know, and we have a little chat and stuff, and half the time I think that's what's worth remembering as well, you know. People just want to communicate. They just want to chat. They want to feel like they're not a burden and just be able to chat to someone else because it's very lonely to see on the street on your own or even with, in his case, his girlfriend. Yeah. And I, I don't spend ages go just wave, you know, fancy a drink, how are you doing? Yeah. And I said, yeah, we're going to stay here until we get the accommodation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know how that works. That's sort of taking action, isn't it? You can't, yeah, can't yeah, yeah. Remember. Yeah, yeah. And, and he and he told me that what, what was he? He was a motocross rider. He'd had some injuries. He showed me his injuries on his back, and yeah. I suspect that's probably why he's on the street because he couldn't pay his bills or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we see that a lot, and it's only going to get more so now in in today's society. Yeah. Well, Connor, thank you so much. So I'm gonna I won't have too long on here because I know you've you've very generously given me your lunch hour. Oh, mate. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm uh, I, I felt honoured to do it. To be totally honest. Uh, that's fantastic. I, now I can, you know, I hope it's been interesting and I haven't, I, like I said, I do tend to warble a little bit or go off course. No, it, it has been interesting because the thing is yeah. we, we travel all that way, we do our thing, yeah. we maybe get a coffee, but we don't really get a time to chat. So, and I love doing these because often it's like, you know, it's, I'm fascinated to hear the backstory of someone who I actually quite know really, like I know really well now, but... Yeah. 
you know, and I think it's great. Your story of uh, when you went through and you're going, it's opposite to mine. I stayed where I was and I stayed in a small pond and I did what I did. And uh, I'd, I'd advocate to a lot of people what you did, I think, is to go out to the world and, uh, you know, be a sponge and pick up from all them different type of places. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's a great way to do it. So You do, it, you do that if you want to do it, you know, like, you know, it's like I know plenty of people who stayed here in Norwich. Yeah. But my, da- my daughter's just about to go, uh, my daughter's about to go to university and she's like quite a quiet little thing and, like, you know, she just picks up stuff. And, and she, yeah, she's going to go to London and, you know, do whatever. But it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a problem. But I personally couldn't get, I couldn't wait to get away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There was this whole world out there. I just want, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And like you know, I guess you're kind of lucky because you're near London anyway. So yeah, uh, we, we were sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. It was too comfortable. I was too comfortable. Yeah, well, <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's all worked out, all right. It always does. absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And actually, one one thing I will add is that. Uh, my uh, like, I actually met my wife. She was my uh, one of my clients. So there you go. All right. She, so yeah, she's very much responsible for all the business and how it runs now. I, I, we wouldn't have the business if it wasn't for no. Oh, I had to go all the way to Greece and on a beach to find my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out she was, she was only from Dagenham anyway. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, yeah. <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Thanks so much, Simon. I can't wait to come back and see you all again up there. Yeah, it was, it was an absolute pleasure. And thanks for asking today. And uh, yeah, have my word, be soldiering on here. I won't, I'm not. I'm not going anywhere. I could continue to. I know that. Mm-hmm.